Welcome to the great kingdom of Rai. Settle on a cliff overlooking the mighty and deep Caloris Sea. It was the grandest of all kingdoms on the world of Mercury, thanks to the wise and be beneficent leadership of its eternal monarchs, the White and Black Queens. They are unlike any other beings in Rai, perhaps even the whole of Mercury. Their bodies are not made of flesh and blood, but of an unknown material that combines geometric shapes into approximations of a bipedal body. Their central body is a hourglass made entirely of straight lines and sharp angles. Their heads are thick chevrons with smaller triangles floating above like a sort of crown. Their legs are two thin spindles like rapier blades. Their arms are hexagonal prisms and their hands are small squat pyramids with fingers of much thinner pyramids that are like spikes. The surface of their bodies have a smooth mirror-like sheen, but they reflect nothing. They have no joints, but their limbs hover close to where their joints should be. They are completely unbreakable, but they move with the grace and care of a butterfly. It seems as if they could arrange themselves in hundreds or thousands of other types of shapes, but they chose to look as close to us as they could manage. To this day, no one knows where they came from. Some theorize that they were not originally from this plane of existence, but somewhere higher, with rules that work a bit differently from our own. If this is true, they seem quite content to live here among us, and the one thing most everyone can agree on is that they've done a fantastic job overseeing the construction, expansion, and maintenance of Rai. Rai's fanciful architecture and sweeping vistas inspired awe in all who visited, and those who lived within its borders were free of fear and want. It did seem as though its people would live happily ever after, thanks to their benevolent, if inscrutable, monarchs. But one day, the White Queen left the kingdom on a mysterious quest. She and her bodyguards never returned. The Black Queen's heart was shattered, and though she did her best to rule in her partner's absence, it proved to be a task no one could do on their own. Rai fell into disrepair, its buildings slowly crumbling, its color fading, its people leaving or becoming more isolated in their despair. The Black Queen no longer appears in public, hiding within the walls of her castle, only showing her face to those she sends to find the White Queen. Many have tried. None have succeeded. You are the last hope. Save the Queen.
We begin our tale, as many do, in a tavern. This particular one is named Lily of the Valley, and you have traveled alone for a few days to get here. Rye, even in its slow death, is vast. One must make quite an effort to exit its borders. This tavern used to be quite famous and prized for its parties. There is, after all, a certain appeal to letting go of one's inhibitions in a building that grazes the great unknown of the forests. There is no celebration to be found here now, though. You are the last one to arrive at this tavern. The sun has already begun to set behind you as you reach the door. Who are you, specifically? Well, I suppose if anybody's going to get there last, it would probably be me. <laughs> Ricky Spectacular, if you will. Actor, playwright, florist, dancer, fencer, and on occasion, when necessary, choreographer. A full name, Ricky Spectacular Baradam, but that's just a standard surname applied to all of such fantastic craftsmanship as this. Ricky, uh, you open the door to the tavern. It creaks quite loudly, but judging from its outward condition, it was probably going to do that no matter how gently you opened it. You immediately notice the only two staff members, a gruff old halfling, who presumably owns the tavern, and a young geode man who's waiting tables. Considering his deep blue skin that's covered with small outcroppings of aquamarine, lapis lazuli, azurite, and bits of twinkling sapphire, you'd guess he's a water geode. Probably pretty handy to have in a tavern. There are four others here as well, all with various packs and gear intended for traveling. Who are you others, and what are you doing right now in this tavern? Lillian Witchwood is sitting in the corner of the tavern, not trying to uh, hide itself, but definitely um, just kind of out of the way, drinking some water. Um, it is in its uh, facade form, which is kind of a slender old woman, um, just, you know, hanging out, waiting to see what happens. Fabby, who is your character and what are they doing? I think... In a table by themselves, by herself, uh, sits a cloaked figure, um, drinking alone, looking over a book. Uh, this is the orc whose full name is... And in that crimson scene, her, her smile, once broken, now was whole. A.K.A. Crimson. Uh, you see the top of her hood slightly fall back, and you notice that her face seems to be pretty covered with tattoos of words in bright red ink, which it feels, it doesn't look the best against her uh, light green skin. And yeah, she's reading a book in, uh, a book in, that's like leather bound and looks very worn uh, and drinking whatever was the cheapest thing she could get here. Uh, probably a very watered down ale. Yeah, that's fine. She mostly is doing it. Many to supplies keep... these days. Yeah, I think she mostly is just drinking something to keep herself from fidgeting, uh, keep herself occupied so as to not garner more attention than she will already be. Lexi, who is your character and what are they doing? Uh, Callista Swiftheart 
is a appears to be human. Uh, her uh, shoulder length. Uh, or I am really shocked by how much uh, description everyone else has, and I do not. So I am struggling to <laughs> put this together on the spot. That's okay. You have um, a backstory, so no, you you got, you did stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm great at coming up with the details about my characters, like mm-hmm. who they are, <laughs> what they look like. That's just a big old question mark in my head. Uh, yeah, so Callista Swiftheart is a uh, woman of regal bearing, um, sitting at a table that has visibility to pretty much everywhere in the room with as minimal needing to crane her uh, neck to look around as possible. Um, She is dressed in what is meant to look like inexpensive traveling clothes, but to anyone who understands like fabrics and whatnot, they will know it's very high quality made, much higher quality than travelers normally would. Um, She is nursing a drink, but it looks like that might be more for appearances than to actually enjoy. And finally, Zoe. Who is your character, and what are they doing here? Kestrel is um, not seated. Um, She's standing, um, kind of leaning against one of the walls on the side of the tavern. Um, she's wearing, she's still wearing full plate armor, um, with her helmet, which is, um, a kind of featureless visor with, like, a slit for the eyes, and then some broken, like, some sort of filigree that is long since broken off. Um, the armor is uh, is dented and scratched and worn. Um, it looks like it was once beautiful, but it's long since out of disrepair and use. Um, she has a tattered cloak that drapes around her, mud stained all over her boots and cloak, um, and a long um, wrought iron um, handle with a steel head spear uh, leans against the wall next to her. Ricky, you see this array of people, uh, many of them on their own. Real rowdy uh, bunch, huh? <laughs> are you going to try and do anything? Well, I think uh, what Ricky is going to do is he's going to sort of roll up the sleeves of his... Uh, would it be a tabard? Let me look if, up if that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, he rolls up the sleeves of his tavern, revealing uh, these, you know, the floral and like sun and moon motif designs painted on his ceramic arms, um, and he is going to walk up to the bar uh, and gently pat his hand on the counter. Barkeep, do you have any entertainment here tonight? Uh. The halfling looks at you uh, a little... He's a little unsure what to make of you. Uh, But after a short while, he responds, Nope. Can't say I do. Can't say I can really pay for some. Were you here for a job? Oh, Please, as you can see, I'm not the sort of person who requires board, and 
frankly, as far as rooms go, I can take it or leave it. But I am more than happy to inject uh, just a bit of levity into the situation. Do you, do, you have a, do you have a piano I could play? Or maybe a, a, a nice harp? Something to bring up the mood a little. <laughs> um, well, I think I might have a guitar in storage. What? Fantastic. If, if I might ask, what are you doing here? Well, I'm, uh, I've been traveling for most of my life. Sorry, I should give you a proper introduction. My name is Ricky Spectacular Baradam, one of the last living golems of the great lost city of Ramanka, playwright, poet, and dancer, and I am on a quest, the quest, for the Black Tarvin sort of opens his eyes a bit wide in surprise, uh, and he says, Wait, you're, you're here on the quest. I was told by her that there were only going to be four of you. Oh, it oh, must well. be a late edition. Uh, I see. Well, all right. Uh, I suppose I'll... Well, I have to head down into the basement anyway, I suppose, to get you some supplies. Can't very well be sending one of her adventurers out there with nothing to go on. I'll bring up that guitar for you. Just give me one moment. Fantastic. But don't don't worry yourself about the food. Again, uh, and he just wraps his knuckles on his head, uh, which lets out a, you know, a sharp but resonant noise. Don't need to worry uh, too much about food. Right. Uh... Well, I'll get you a pack anyway, so your companions can have a bit extra. Ah, fantastic. Very thoughtful of you, my friend. Uh, Tarbin uh, heads to a, a back door um, where, uh, when he opens it, you can see, like, the beginning of a of some stairs down there. Uh, and uh, he leaves for a bit. Um, so, Iris. Soon, so, sure, go ahead. Um... I take it, since none of us have met yet, we all independently have met with the Black Queen? Correct. Okay. Has she told us anything about the other people we'll be traveling with? She has not. So we were Did we know there would be other would, people? Yeah. Yeah. Did we know that there would be five of us? Or did we also think there would be four? Or did we even not even know? Uh, she did tell you that there would be four others, but okay. she did not really tell you details. Okay. Alrighty. She always seems to send groups of four. Um, I, I think hearing that, hearing Ricky say that, you know, he's going on the quest for the Black Queen, um, Kestrel, like, steps back from the wall grabs her spear and like hooks it onto like a slot she has on her armor and then walks over kind of like looming over it a bit and going so you're on the quest i most certainly am are you one of uh my traveling companions suppose so fantastic and he's just going to hold out his hand for a handshake uh kestrel does not respond is, is, uh, I, I, oh my gosh, is that not a custom where you're from? I shouldn't have assumed. It's fine. I just don't do handshakes. 
Okay. Are the rest of you also... Yeah. I think it's safe to assume everyone here is here for the same reason. A nod from Crimson as she finishes her drink. How many of you have been out in the wilds before? Uh, Lillian just smiles. I lower my hood. (sighs) I'm not from here. Well, I've spent quite a bit of time traveling in the wilds, both both seeking inspiration and seeking wildflowers, and just going from place to place as various kingdoms and cities fall and rise. Uh, it's honestly a bit nostalgic, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Alright, uh, you don't want to die, we need to stick together, and I'm not going to fail on this, so I expect you all to pull your weight. Crimson pulls her hood back up. Doesn't say anything. Uh, I think um, the geode uh, young man um, sort of walks up to you and uh, to to Ricky and uh, Kestrel. uh, Sort of sees the the tension in the air a bit and nervously interjects. Oh, ma'am, would you like a another drink? I don't drink. Right. Okay. Uh, Anything? Not even fresh water? I'm good, thank you. It does a body good. Maybe yours. Well, again, you know, it's all ceramic in here. You're the one who said does a body good. I'm using the term fairly liberally. I think you can understand. Fine. And I think Kestrel walks back over and resumes her post on the wall. Okay. Well, um, so uh, I already gave the others their room keys for the night. Uh, but here's yours. And Nil hands you a key. Um, I know you don't sleep, but I figured you might want to have a room for privacy. I appreciate it dearly. If nothing else, it will be a fine place to write. You have a desk in there, right? Or a... Oh, yes, okay. of course. We have a we have a bed, which you know, won't be most used probably, but we also have a chair and a desk. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, hmm. That's weird. Tarbin's been down there a while. I wonder if he's... God damn it! You hear presumably Tarbin uh, shout from back where the basement is. Uh, And he comes up and he like... uh, The door sort of uh, swings open quite violently. Uh, He's got a guitar and a in his hand and a pack slung over his shoulder um, and a rather nasty looking wound on his right arm. Did something happen down there? Oh, there's a huge goddamn rat down there. Aha, yes, killing rats. An excellent beginning to any adventure. Friends, come with me to the basement. Let's kill that rat. All of us for a single rat. rat. Yeah. Now, he did say it's a large rat. How big are we talking? 
Crimson doesn't say anything and just gets up and starts walking towards the basement. See, this is what I like to see. Team play! And uh, Ricky's just gonna follow after her. Uh, d- do you want your guitar I'll come already, back up for I... it, my good man. Just leave it in my right. room. Got it. <laughs> Who is following Ricky to the basement? Uh, Lillian's gonna get up, but looks at the other two and says, it's not like you have anything better to do. Uh, and then follows behind. Um, I think Kestrel looks over at Callistra since Callistra is the only person who's said something that she kind of vibes with right. so far um, and like kind of waits for her lead. Well, I suppose we can see how they make out with it. Fine. Um, and no, heads down. As I'm heading okay, down, we- I just look at um, the tavern owner and I'm just like, are rats a common problem here? No, not really. I thought I got rid of them a while ago, but it's hard to keep them away if they really want to get in. Perhaps a cat or a or a nice dog to keep the place in order. <laughs> yeah, sure, if I can find any out here. Crimson, uh, as you descend the staircase uh, down into the basement, um, there are no, you know normal lamps down here uh likely due to safety reasons um but uh as you get near the stairs it gets very dark end of the stairs it gets very dark and uh there is a a small like there's a single candle uh that you can hold uh in in like a little uh holder that you can carry with you to uh provide some illumination uh i like look at the candle grab it shrug keep walking this place is pretty dusty it doesn't look like it's gotten much attention in some time uh it's possible that with the lack of activity tarvin just hasn't really felt the need to bother since he's the only one who goes down here anyway um there are stack there are uh many cabinets full of various uh, preserved meats, cheeses, um, some vegetables, uh, but not too many. It stands to reason that he doesn't go through enough uh, to really keep many in stock, uh, as well as some other dry goods. Um, As you get further down, into the basement though further towards the back as you look around uh you do start to smell something vaguely rotting Uh, i approach the smell uh as you approach um you see a brief glimpse of two small red dots like suddenly come out from behind one of the shelves and they stop in the middle of your path and they stare at you I think I am going to say it smells like roses in here um and uh, my body's gonna light up 
in red bright as uh, a new tattoo starts coming being made down my neck that says the words I just said uh, and then I'm gonna take my robe off and punch whatever this thing is uh, now might be a good time to explain what your Eidolon power is yeah so my Eidolon liar uh, where's my my Eidolon power uh, obliterates enemies by be by making me become stronger for each unique lie I say which gets tattooed into my skin an extremely normal power yeah uh, I, and I think like once she takes this off her whole body is covered in different words and phrases all over her body not not very like flattering words a lot of the time a lot of like self-deprecating lies in a way all over her body and uh she is wearing like some leather undergarments to cover her to to cover her modesty but that's about it otherwise she's just muscle and tattoos uh, muscles and tattoos that are about to scrap with mm -hmm. whatever this thing is in the darkness. Sure. Uh, your pow is three. Yep, yep. So let's see what cards we have. Uh, the Chariot, Strength, and the World. Okay, well... <laughs> Hell of a first draw. Yeah, I mean, let's get all the good cards out of the way. It's only appropriate <laughs> I start with Strength, I think. All right, uh, strength. You triumph through force. Uh, all right, your fist uh, is spot on, uh, and at, you impact something that feels furry and a little bit wet, uh, and it makes like a squelching noise as you impact it. Um, it lets out a blood-curdling squeal uh, and then retreats uh, behind a different shelf. Uh, a moment after it does so, uh, you can hear it. You can hear something uh, in the darkness saying, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Uh, oh, uh, Iris, if we are in uptime, I should have a uh, ready-for-anything draw. Oh, yes, we are. Uh, let's see here. So I'll need three cards. Okay, three cards. Let's give you... All right, your three cards will be... <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. uh, the Hangman, the Moon, and the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Sorry took the three good cards at the beginning of the deck. <laughs> so those, that's your spread. Hey, here's the, here's the thing. At, They're out of there now. Yeah, I was going to say, it says at any, t at any point during this uptime, I could play one of those cards instead of drawing. I could just choose not to. <laughs> Yeah, you can just so not true. Do that. Yeah, you just kind of helped <laughs> yeah. everyone else out. Min maxing, baby. Good job. All right. You uh, can't lose when you're ready for anything. Well, <laughs> see, sometimes the role of the diplomat is simply to take all of the worst options off the table. That's so true. Um, 
would anyone else like to intervene here or respond to um, this oh, creature? I did also have a question. Um, I have oh, sure. fairly good abilities to see in the dark. Can I see what is speaking? Is it the rat? Yes, uh, that was a rat. Um, though it looked pretty weird uh, by rat standards. In addition to being fairly large, like a, I don't know, like I say, mastiff size rat, this thing's pretty big. You understand why uh, Tarbin got out of there as quickly as he could. Um, Bigger than he is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> entirely likely. This rat, it, it's, it seemed to have fur like a normal rat. Um, and its eyes were, you know, were pretty beady and red. But there was one thing that it's possible you simply didn't see it right you know it, it was moving kind of fast and you know you can see fairly well in darkness but not perfectly but you could swear that you could see something moving under the rat's fur gross probably a um, tiny man controlling its uh, movements <laughs> um <laughs> i think kestrel um moves ahead um ne like near crimson and takes a battle stance, has, like, one arm raised, like, flat, and has her spear, like, the haft resting on the arm, ready to, like, stab. Um, and she just goes, You're not a rat, what are you? I am a disease. I wouldn't kill me if I were you. You won't like what will happen. Well, can you, can you not attack random people? <laughs> I consume. That's what I do. Well, it sounds like we'll be unsatisfied whether or not we kill you. You could let me be. You won't be here for long. You're dead anyway. Crimson, you think you can make sure I get a shot? Hmm. I think she grunts and nods, and yeah, I think I think she grunts and nods and kind of positions herself to, if the rat moves, push her back or keep her in place, basically. Keep him in place? It in place? Because <laughs> the C's in place? Keep rat in, in place. Uh, keep rat okay. in place. Um, Rad, uh, any and all pronouns. So, so just trying to um, sort of uh, corral it. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm trying to basically help. Uh, uh, help. Uh, da, 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 what's your character's name? Kestrel. Kestrel. Help Kessler uh, get the <laughs> shot on them. Um, on the rat. I think Kestrel, as soon as she realizes that, you know, Crimson's, like, kind of blocked off the easy route, um, moves forward and says, you consume. You're not the only one. And stabs with her spear. Um, and as she does, uh, her Eidolon, who wants to live forever, uh, manifests, um, around it. Um. Okay. Uh, and uh, the her idolon uh, who wants to live forever is like a a skeletal like 
like kind of like almost like a classical Grim Reaper, like a shrouded, like rotting skeleton. Um, but it's like the out, like like a shroud of like shadow around where the bones would be, and you see like a like very like scattered collection of bones that you can see like maybe like a quarter of like what you need to see a skeleton. Um, and as the the spear stabs in, like some white like smoke like energy drifts up and into who wants to live forever and another bone like manifests in the skeleton. Okay, I'm gonna have you give me a yeah. pow. I have one pow. Because <laughs> right. you're scrapping. Yeah. That is temperance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is neutral. You are met with an equal and opposite which reaction. Which feels very appropriate for the situation. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, yeah, I'd say you do stab your spear into this rat. Um, and But you stab perhaps with more force than you realize you needed to. Um, there is less resistance from this rat's body than you would expect uh and so you plunge um this lance deep and as you uh and your hands get right next to its head i i, in I, I have a brief question before the bad thing happens sure <laughs> um does is she able to so what uh who wants to live forever does is my eidolon can turn any life energy it touches into my own life energy uh sure. do, do i get like do i get like a capri sun like <laughs> off of the rat when I stab it? Oh, sure, you do. Sick, great. Uh, But like I said, um, your hands get a little too Mm. close than you are attending to the rat's head. Uh, And in retaliation, it bites you. It managed to get you know, between do you do you have like gloves on? Yeah, yeah. She she's got like a leather glove with like that where it's got like an armored plate on the back of the hand, but the fingers okay. and like the palm and under the bracer are um leather. Okay, yeah. So um it it bites you like on uh sort of where your wrist is. Yeah. Um so, so catches the on the underside, area. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's its teeth sink in. Uh and it hurts. Um so go ahead and advance your damage track. Okay. But on the bright side, uh soon after biting you, the rat falls to the ground and deflates as if there was almost nothing inside it. There's definitely gonna be something something coming out of that wound. Doesn't move. I'm gonna kick it. Nothing happens. I look at the wound on my wrist. Uh, it's it's bleeding. Um, and it's kind of oozing too. You see a bit of pus coming out of the wound. Um. Okay. I know we all just met. Who wants to help me out? I can't. Yeah, uh, I think Crimson picks up their cloak, puts it back on them, and, like, 
moves slowly, like someone who's like, okay, I've been in a lot of fights, I'm gonna move gently so you know I'm not gonna punch you, to grab your wrist and try to inspect it. I could do something and it won't feel great, but it might fix whatever it did to me. You game? One sec. Oh. <clears throat> One second. Okay. And she goes, if I fail this task, I'll be happy. And the light, another tattoo, like in the back of her neck, gets ridden, and her body gets in light and goes, okay, I'm ready. Okay. Um, I'm going to touch Crimson's shoulder and try to drain life energy from her um, into me and see if that does anything to the, um, to the wound. Uh, sure. Um, you drain, yeah, I think, uh, you drain, um, a bit of life, uh, from Crimson, uh, and you do see the wound close, but it still feels kind of (sighs) itchy. Didn't work. Thank you. Iris, can I, like, dredge the undertow to try and understand, or try and, like, see if I can figure out something about what this thing is? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Dredge is... That'll be two for... uh, Yes, that's two cards. Yes, okay. That is the High Priestess and the Emperor. Well, the High Priestess is my resonant card. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Let's see. Your resonant effect is... (laughs) For an instant, you understand everything and know exactly what to do next. Set the card aside. This counts as a ready for anything card, regardless of whether you already have the card set aside for ready for anything. When you play it using ready for anything, use its normal forecast and don't apply this effect. Okay. So understanding everything about this situation. Um, The rat is a shade created from the undertow uh, by most likely by some sort of upwell uh, which as a fairly magical creature um, you know that an upwell occurs in areas of highly concentrated narrative power usually sites of critical battles or Uh, places told about in tales throughout Mercury. Uh, This can have uh, some really weird effects on the local flora and fauna and can sometimes spawn creatures that don't make sense. This rat was one of them. Uh, And it has infected Kestrel with something. And it's definitely not dead. Um, I think what I'll give you is you feel you feel pings of undertow magic, of narrative power uh, all around this area, in the floorboard, beneath the floorboards, behind the walls, uh, on the shelves that are around you. Um, It's not a single point anymore. 
Uh, it's a bunch of little bits and pieces. If I hit tab, can I see little highlighted uh, <laughs> objects of interest? Yeah. Detective vision. You you know those scenes in alien movies where they bring out the motion tracker and it's just all around them? Yeah. <laughs> I actually have an idea for uh, how to make this a little easier to track. If uh, I assume Callistra would like convey this information. I mean, allow me to. Go for it. Perhaps unsurprising given its size and speech. It's a shade. Appears to be some sort of, well, as it said, it's called itself a disease. Some sort of infection. Uh, she glances at Kestrel. Whatever it does, it's in you now. Thought as much. We are absolutely surrounded by power. We're in what they call an upwell. You hear this room begin to fill with the sounds of squeaking from seemingly every corner. Rats tend to do best when they have places to hide, correct? Correct. Then I think it would be best if I eliminate at least a few of those. The show must go on. And I would like to uh, activate my conductor power, Iris. <laughs> Fantastic. What is your conductor power? Uh, so... I went for something, you know, kind of similar to uh, Maurice's, but coming at it from a different angle. My Eidolon warps reality by transforming my surroundings into a theater. And uh, specifically what's going to happen is one of the walls of this basement area just going to slide aside like it's a sliding door. And uh, after a moment, everyone here can see that there is... It looks like it's just a guy in a black morph suit pushing it along a track. <laughs> Sure. And, you know, past that's an orchestra pit, as you would expect. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you took yeah. Conductor pretty literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zoe gave me a fairly straightforward one for this miniseries, so Maxie was here yeah. to make up for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the wall slides back, uh, and you just see sort of a mass of rats like slowly get revealed uh, as if you know as if they were just comically kind of all uh, waiting for this and now are sort of uh, surprised that they need to go this soon um, they missed their cue and they just <laughs> yeah and they sort of just collapse on the ground and start warming uh, the floor all around you. Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying Eidolon Queen. Uh, I know I have. I've been uh, having a lot of fun being back in the GM seat, and I hope you're enjoying the story I have to tell. As is usual, uh, I am going to break up the fun and probably stressful situations uh, that the PCs are currently encountering uh, by doing a little ad break. You probably know by now, you can head to patreon.com slash playtest if you'd like to support us monetarily. We have a few different tiers available for you to do that, depending on you know what you want, what you're capable of. 
for one dollar a month uh if you subscribe uh, you'll get access to the uh patreon feed for the main episodes which means you get uh the main episodes of eidolon a week earlier than the free feed does uh for three dollars a month uh, you get access to the design session podcast episodes where Luke and Molly record themselves uh, discussing the current design of the game and making changes and updates. Uh, you also will get access to the GM notes. Uh, in the case of Queen, you'll get access to my GM notes. To be perfectly honest, you're going to be getting your money's worth uh, for these four weeks. In our private Discord, some of my friends have teased me a bit for how much I have written for these sessions that I'm planning. I have I have shown them the word count and I may have I I may have done a bit much. Please don't judge me. It works out well for you though. <laughs> it works out well for you. Uh anyway, for $5 a month, uh you will get your name read out during these ad breaks and you'll get access to the current draft of Eidolon playtest, as well as any major revisions that get pushed out uh, whenever uh, Luke and Molly uh, happen to make them. And finally, for $10 a month, you'll get to listen to our grab bag episodes, which are essentially just monthly bonus episodes where we just do whatever. Uh, We had previously been doing uh, media reviews, primarily anime like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, but because of the writer strike that is still ongoing, uh, we have shifted to trying out some different sort of things like doing pinball table rankings in character as our Eidolon pop and rock characters or doing a book club where we talk about a story that was influential on one of a, one of our characters. So if you'd like to you know, see what that's all about. Uh, feel free to subscribe to that $10 tier. You will not regret it. Of course, if you can't support us monetarily, totally understand that. Uh, We would still greatly appreciate it if you would spread the word about Eidolon through any social media channels you're a part of or, you know, carrier pigeon, that sort of thing. Uh, If uh, you could leave reviews as well, five-star reviews, that would also be great. Uh, But yeah, Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to read some names now. So thank you very much to you, to all you generous people I'm about to read off here. Alexander Moore, Charlie Neal, LG, Chloe Hurd, Val of the Sundered Troop, Mary Painter, Brian Melvin Stapleton, Underlying Ocean, August, Emma Valentine, Great Big James, Keon Cohen, Jack D, Robin Long, Sam Leonard, Aaron 5579, Cassidy McIntosh, Foolster 41, Inalienable Right, Morgue Haunting the Morgue, Trans Butch Joey, Velvet Dragon, Open Brackets Driven, Close Bracket. Owl, and Ellie Marone. Thank you all very much for your support. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. And enjoy the rest of the show. Um, I think uh, Kestrel looks up, like, readying her spear, um, kind of, like, holding her one wounded hand, uh, looks up at Lily and is like, 
if you're going to do anything, now would be a good time. I should note uh, that this most of this tavern uh, is made of wood. Okay, great. That was my next question. I figured. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think um, Lillian isn't going to do very much, but she's just kind of going to wave a hand and um, like some of the floorboards or probably more like the walls are just going to start sprouting like posts that just kind of slam into each other, um, trying to catch some of these rats in between them. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call that... Probably a bombard makes the most sense. Yeah, bombarding Um, them with two pieces of wood coming together. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Normal things. Um, Let's see here. Your elegance is one. one. (laughs) All right. That is the lovers. Yeah, sure. So remind me, like, what, uh, what parts of the tavern are you using for this? Uh, I think I just said the walls. Walls, okay. Um, kind of like a okay. real, uh, kind of a real like garbage compressor situation, you know? Okay, and Ricky, all right, so just like a one portion of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so glancing blow. Uh, yeah. So you you get a few of them. Um, you know, uh, which relatively speaking to how many rats there are is still a lot of rats um but there's quite a few left over uh and now some of them have sort of like gotten pushed in a wave toward the rest of the party okay yeah uh let's see i can uh, i mean i didn't have a follow-up i thought yeah yeah, I, I think it's just, like Kestrel's just gonna start stabbing and swinging her spear around. All right, that's definitely going to be another pow, which is a one. Yeah. <laughs> now, hang on. Let me think. Okay, What's that's up? Kestrel going. Okay. Um, we both have pow one. Something, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, does Crimson? Does Crimson? Crimson where would like? I assume like Ricky, Kestrel, and Crimson are all going at it right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I can I can get a three off if I can think of a good insult for uh, for a bunch of rats, <laughs> which is gonna be mm-hmm. real it's challenging. Be difficult. Like if we want to if we want to have Crimson take point, I'm fine with the Vanguard taking I, point on this. Yeah, yeah I think that's. I, I have an idea yeah, sure. of, of why this would be narratively. Uh, I think uh, she says, "Okay, just follow my lead," and she's gonna start basically dancing, but like stomping on the rats. Oh, river uh, dance. Okay. Yeah, basically, she's uh, doing a traditional, uh, you know, orc dance. Kind of, if you're familiar with folkloric Mexican music, una, una, una zapatera, unos zapatazos. Uh, stomping really hard in a rhythmic way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so you get Death, the Empress, and Judgment. Oh. Well... Uh, which Death I think and the Empress are both other people's resonance. Uh, they're also both neutral. Um, judgment yeah, so is a negative. I mean, I could take a negative here. You could. Or I, I could do my favorite thing in the world and push. You could. I want to push. 
that phantom clock's at one and oh, at, yeah, uh, at one and we only have four episodes let's go <laughs> all right no you now. get the magician there we go there you go all right, uh, gonna never move Phantom punished. Clock up. Yeah, no, you never, never face Not once in your career. <laughs> Not once in my life. Uh, all right, so this uh, this river dance is a uh, this dance of yours is a resounding success. Um, you stamp, you stomp on so many rats. Um, they thought that with all your exposed skin and how large you were, that you would be a very easy target for biting. And they were incredibly wrong. <laughs> um, so you just start uh, annihilating them. Um, and after a while, uh, they retreat. Um, and sort of, they retreat back to the deflated carcass of the main rat. And it's now that you notice something very odd about the rat, those little rats that you were dealing with, is that when they retreated, it, it didn't seem like they were moving under their own power. They were pulled back, like they were on a fishing line. Because they kind of were. Uh, they are connected by thin, fleshy tendrils to the body of the rat. And as they get pulled back in, uh, the rat's carcass explodes outward uh, into a sort of mash of massive flesh that sprouts tendrils from it. Uh, that are covered in bits of fur and bone and teeth. Uh, and from its maw in the center, it says, I am Great King Rat. You will be consumed. Uh, as, as it says that, um, Iris, I'd like to reveal my master plan. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I've been watching this uh, deflated carcass waiting for it to do something because I knew it wasn't, you know, down for the count. And the instant it rose, um, I would like to chuck a very heavy, I don't know, whatever I, whatever happened to be in, in reach. Down Probably there. barrels. Yeah, like a barrel at it. Like, yeah, like donkey barrels. Do you want anything to be inside the barrel? Uh, yeah, like some apples, maybe. So it's got a nice, okay. uh, nice heft to it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Barrel full of apples. Uh, is that? Is there anything special happening with this barrel, or is it just? I just want to crush this. Yeah, I just want to crush thing. this thing. Okay, very straightforward, very Looney Tune style death uh, for for this thing. Uh, okay, so I will give you um, a I, genius for this. Yeah, and I will tell you what I what I drew. <laughs> I drew oh, I drew the high priestess. You have, you sure did. So the high priestesses. Uh, the supernatural, is the axe, supernatural through axe through you. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think the way I the way I happened. see it, apples have a lot of narrative significance in a lot of fairy tales. 
They are the vessels <laughs> by which, you know, various plans are enacted. They are often symbolic of, uh, well, they are often symbolic of many things, but they are often used for symbolism. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the, the, the barrel lands right in the center of the now writhing corpse, and you hear of honestly pretty gross sort of squishing noise as it impacts, and what you assume must be blood and who knows what other liquids squirt out from it, and it squeals in pain, but it's not quite dead yet. Uh, it is clearly trying to escape. Uh, it's retreating toward the back of the basement uh, and is sort of reaching out with its tendrils uh, toward a crack in the wood in the floor above, clearly trying to, like, make a route to squeeze through. You there, Kest uh, Kestrel, I believe it was. Can you pin it down? Uh, sure. Um, and I think Kestrel just goes to stab with her spear. <laughs> All right, that's going to be a scrap. Um, that is the star. Well, uh, a new direction reveals itself. The direction is straightforward, it turns out. Um, the spear impacts uh, the center of the rat's maw uh, as it tries to escape and you just trap it there um, um i think i'm also draining it as it's like speared onto the wall yeah absolutely um and what you see as you do that is um as it screeches in pain uh you see you see its tendrils um starting from like the very very uh tips of the end um to like the base of the tendrils start to wither and crack and um sort of float away like dust as if it's a um plant that is rapidly withering and dying in front of you uh until it reaches the very center uh and it just blows away. And your wound stops itching. Hmm. Not bad. Iris, were rats going to come out of the wound? <laughs> well, maybe. It might have also tried to control you. Uh, well, yeah. Good luck with that. That didn't happen this time. Um... Fantastic Not work, everyone. First. Rats dealt with. Yeah. Uh, I think um, probably... Uh, I think Nil comes down the stairs. Uh, you can... You, you, hear, you hear him coming down because, like, he sort of uh, trips a bit near the end due to not being able to, to see very well. Um... I think Crimson uh, the, still has the candle after all. I think the show uh, must go on is just going to flick on a spotlight. <laughs> uh, he is he's a little surprised to suddenly see a light in here, as, as particularly one that is shining directly on him. Uh, it uh, it sort of like catches the 
the minerals that uh, are sticking out of his body and creating a little little uh, blue light show on the wall behind him. Uh, and he says, are uh, you all okay down here? I heard a lot of noise. There were a lot of rats. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, are they gone? Yes. Calistra, are they? Yes. Yes. Great. Okay. Yes, they are all gone. (laughs) Uh, uh, Calistra doesn't sense any more rats. Uh, Neil says, oh, that's, uh, that's great. Okay. Um, well, your rooms are ready. Uh, I don't know if you want to, you know, still stay in the tavern or stay in the dining room, have some drinks. Um, but you can retire if you're ready. I think Crimson starts making her way back. Really one thing, I know we don't have showers here, but like some sort of cleaning myself, because I'm sure she's covered in rat guts. Get a nice wash basin. Oh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, we do... We we have we have a, a a water pump outside and a bucket you can use if you need that. She goes outside to fill up this bucket. <laughs> just 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 having a nice bucket time by yourself after stumping on rats. <laughs> yeah, you know, get a dish rag, really wipe yourself down. Yeah, I think yeah, she will. Gotta make sure, gotta make sure to clean all the red guts from between the abs. You know, they get stuck in Absolutely. there. Absolutely, gotta. I think, I think, as the rest of us go up, um, Lady Swiftheart uh, just kind of says to, uh, to to no one in particular to the group. Um, well, I suppose if we are to be traveling together, perhaps proper introductions are in order. She's posing it as I, a yeah. as a question whether you know everyone else agrees. Kestrel. Lillian. Ricky Spectacular Baradam. I'm sure I've said it already. I apologize. Yeah, like twice, I think. And I am the Lady Callistro Cal- Swiftheart. Hmm. So these uh, are your names, but if I may ask, who are you? Speaking for myself. Simply an artist wishing to make the world a bit more joyful. Mercenary. I'm trying to think of what Lily would even say. Um, here, let me... While you, <laughs> yeah, I, while I, you think of that, actually... Um, Lexi, would you like to mention what Callistra's power is? Uh, sure, yeah. Because um, I'm probably using it right now. Um, Callistra's Eidolon is named The Prophet's Song. Um, it takes the form of a cloaked figure. You can't really make out much of its features um, other than that when it is uh, delivering information, it lifts a hand up and you can see that it is very wizened. Um, it basically, it, it lurks behind her, a uh, hand on her shoulder, whispering to information to her. And it is able to perfectly sense discontent in the area around it. Uh-oh. Good. The reason I asked uh, is because when Kestrel said mercenary, your Eidolon immediately told you Mm -hmm. she hates 
Yeah, I don't know if I needed an Eidolon for that. <laughs> <laughs> did Lily? Yeah, are... did Lily figure it out? Uh, I think she'll just uh, introduce herself as um, uh, a witch near the end of her time. And I am the advisor to a kingdom that I'm sure none of you have heard of. Um, it is not of this world, although it has dealt with it in the past. What's the kingdom? Fuck you, Zoe. I never came up with a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I just DM'd to my session, so I, I'm getting revenge on asking you for a name, because I got yeah. asked for like three today. Um, <laughs> so the problem is I could go with queen references, but I don't know how many of those uh, IRS has locked mm. down for stuff already. Uh, well, let me know what you're thinking of, and I can tell you if I've taken it. I was kind of thinking of uh, riffing on uh, your kingdom of Mercury. Uh, oh, okay. I, I did already choose Mercury for the name of yeah, the no, world no, this I, entire Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of riffing on that oh. um, and using another oh, okay. another band member. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I haven't used any band any other okay, band it's members the, yet. It's the uh, it's the kingdom of Deacon. Hey, Iris, would Kestrel know, have heard of that at any point in her life? Oh, let me think. Um, if I can, if I remember from your backstory, mm -hmm. that, that that kingdom is, is it on a different plane? I was, yeah, I was envisioning it as existence? in a less magical realm. Like, the magical realms kind of touch against it, but it is hmm. a lot more um, mundane fantasy. Okay. Um, Kestrel, I don't think you've ever been there personally, but the white and black queens have told you of it, uh, and some of their journeys there. And they did mention, um, Cluster just looks, looks like a noble, noble woman right now, right? Yep. Um, she, she, she has an air of maturity around her, but visibly looks like a woman in her I would say mid-30s, very well uh a very well-lived mid-30s uh, by which I mean like she lived well and is not aging significantly okay uh, they did mention um like a a long-lived noblewoman uh, that they would speak to um, off and on, who they enjoyed the company of. Yeah, the Forest um, of Deacon, which runs up against the kingdom, is uh, um, an area of um, thinness between the plains, if you will. So it's a it's a place where more magical denizens sometimes cross into her world. Um, I think Kestrel kind of like nods and says I'm going to my room um, we should all head out at first light agreed good no agreed for me um, and I think as she makes her way up the stairs she stops um, by Callistra and like does yep. like a bow and says my lady and heads back up I I think as you probably go get up, go up in the the main mm. place, you see uh, Crimson 
coming back in, drying herself off with some rags. Uh, just not in the cloak anymore. Threw that cloak yeah. away. Needs a new cloak yeah, now. Yeah, that it's cloak probably smells like rat gut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's just kind of like trying not to make eye contact with anyone in the tavern. Um, and I, I think Kestrel s- yeah. stops and um, like um, nods at Crimson and says, good work. Thank you. I think she nods back to you. Um, and then Kestrel retires to her room. Same for Crimson. Alright. Uh, is there... Uh, is there anything uh, anyone wants to do before I head to... Uh, before we all uh, take a... Well, I've got more podcasts to do. What I meant to say, is there anything anyone wants to do before we uh, move to the next section? No, I think uh, nope. I'm good. Okay. Um, Ricky, as you've mentioned a few times, you don't really sleep. Um, but interestingly, you can dream. At least when the queens speak to you, you can. Um, and the black queen in the middle of the night sends you another dream. Uh, you know it's from her because it feels the same as it did when she recruited you for this mission. Your surroundings at first don't seem to be any different. You're still in your room in the tavern. It's still night outside. You can see the you can see that through the curtains. But there's a sound coming from beyond your closed door, one that you haven't heard in a long time enthusiastic commotion of young voices i mean i I would i would certainly go and open the door see what fuss is about uh you open the door and you suddenly find yourself in the finest classroom you've ever seen what would that look like to you i think it would definitely be a space that's you know, with a very high ceiling, not too large. It's needs to be a, in terms of width and length, fairly small, both for sound to travel well and to keep it fairly intimate. Uh, I'd want large windows along one wall with curtains that can be easily drawn, but when they're left open, the sun or the moon or the stars, depending on the time of day, just cascade in, lighting the room without the need for any candles or anything else, really. And I don't imagine that the professor would have a desk or a lectern in particular. They would more just be standing at the front of the room, addressing everyone who would be seated in... I imagine they would have to be comfortable chairs or nice overstuffed cushions right there on the floor. Um, and... Adorning the walls would be all manner of art from throughout the world, but in particular art that was produced within the university itself, a sort of gift from previous alumni to their own successors, uh, and hopefully an inspiration. That sounds wonderful. And do you know what's interesting is that one of those art pieces on the wall that looks strangely like you 
you're standing uh, for a portrait in regal clothing. And just underneath the painting is a plaque. The words on the plaque are something you recognize. It's the poem that you performed for the Black Queen when she asked you what your reward would be for going on this mission. In honor of the task for which I'm built, establish an academy of arts, perpetually funded by the crown, tuition free for all who would take part, sufficient in its size to constitute a district of its city on its own, replete with all the theaters, parks, and halls its students need that their work might be shown. And then below that, at the bottom of the plaque, carved a bit more roughly, as if after the fact, and a prominent statue as well. Your dream ends, and you are back in your room. Is it, uh, is it dawn yet? <laughs> uh, before we get to that, there is someone else who's had uh, maybe an, a, a not normal night tonight. Um, Kestrel, you also have a dream. You find yourself at the head of a dining table. You immediately recognize the flowing grain patterns of the acacia bark the White Queen personally picked out to make the table. The Black Queen chose the dark bluish-gray limestone tiling the floor. The White Queen was skeptical, skeptical at first, but it did go quite well with the furniture and the fireplace. Oh yes, and there it is, just a bit up and to the right of your silver plate. A prominent knot, the one noticeable flaw in the entire table. The Queen's found it charming and bade the carpenter to keep it instead of picking a different panel to use. That too was the right choice. Many honored guests could not resist placing their wine glasses right on top of that knot, which by coincidence was exactly the same size as the glass's base. Arrayed in front of you are platters full of humble but immaculately prepared food. Roast chicken, its skin browned and crisp. Scalloped potatoes. Baked and glazed carrot slices. A variety of sliced melons arranged in a colorful mosaic. And, of course... A single glass of wine, shining like a flawless ruby from the light of the chandelier on the ceiling and candles along the walls. The Black Queen is here, standing to your side by the table. Her hands are folded politely in front of her. She looks at you expectantly. Uh, Eat? When I look down um, at my hands, what do I see? You see... Not armor, but your skin. Your actual hands. Um, how, how are they looking? They look... They're... Well, they're not perfect. They are... They're scarred. But they're healed. And maybe those scars will be there forever, but... They have been covered over. I think Kestrel looks up and says... I'm not hungry, mother. She reaches out a hand, uh, and she gently places her fingers 
um, on the palm of your hand that you're looking at. Her fingers are sharp, but they're also in some ways comforting. She's always been careful with them, always delicate, and she has never once hurt you, even by accident. She just wants you to know that she is there. And she says, please, rest, return, live. The voice in your head that she's using, it sounds like the distant groan of a lighthouse foghorn, or a warbling call of a loon at dusk, or the creak of a familiar door. How can I rest knowing she's still out there? What life do I have to live when I don't know how badly I failed? No, I can't do that. She, she replies with just three words. Need you. Alone. Um, but then she's interrupted. A sound like a thundercrack blasts through the room. The dishes, the glass, even the food are split down the middle. A white line races from the far end of the floor and runs right under your chair, perfectly bisecting the room. Then it opens wide. A yawning chasm leading to a void of pure white. Your chair splits in half and you fall through. The Black Queen screams like a warning siren that vibrates your bones, but it's too late. There is nothing for you to grab. You fall into the white, and for some reason, it feels okay. It feels like you're back home. And then the dream ends, and you're back, staring at the ceiling, the wood of the tavern. And Nil is knocking desperately at everyone's door, saying, Wake up! Wake up! There's... Something happened. Um, I think Kestrel hurriedly puts her helmet back on um, before anyone opens the door and um, then walks out to see what's going on. Are the rest of you following? I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, Nil leads you all down the stairs of the second floor uh, to the main room of the tavern, the dining room. Um, As soon as you get there, he points it out, but you didn't really need it. Uh, it's pretty obvious what he's referring to. Uh, there is a crack, a fissure, running through about half of this dining room. And it is glowing white. It's only about as wide as... Probably the width of a coin. We all need to leave now. And you can't stay here. Nil sighs and says, Well, I was planning on getting out of here anyway. And I think um, she looks around for the water geode. I forget their name. Oh, that's Nil. That's Nil. speaking okay. to me right now. Oh, who's yeah. the, the halfling then? Oh, halfling. Uh, yeah. Tarbin. Tarbin. Um, do I see Tarbin? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's standing, like, right next 
into the crack and kind of like he seems to be like testing it like don't touch uh, it putting his hand over it and taking it back do not touch it I don't know it I mean it seems fine it tingles a little when I put my hand over it but no it's fine you want to do it fine I can't stop you Look, I know what you're about to say, but I'm not going anywhere. This is my tavern. I'm staying until I die. Well, then you might not be staying for very long. (laughs) I've been here for long enough anyway. Have any of us seen something like this before? Obviously, Kestrel has, but... No, this is completely new. Okay. Young lady, what is this? I don't know exactly... I've never. She's only seen it in her dreams, right? She's never seen this in person that she can remember clearly. Or has she seen it? There is. Hmm. Ooh, interesting. There is one other time that you saw it. The one time you remember this, there was a flash of an image from what you remember of your death, and you were in a void of white. But when you looked up, or what you assumed was up, it was hard to tell. You felt like you saw the rest of the world through a small crack in the sky. I don't know exactly what they are, but I know they're not good. Is that enough? But yeah, if that's plenty. all you have. That's all I have. Um, I we need to go. That's all we can do to keep an eye out. Yeah. And move on. Um, yeah, I, I think Kestrel like heads out and waits for everyone. Uh, yeah, I, you all head out of the tavern. Uh, Nil joins you. Um, a uh backpack, um, slung over his shoulders. Um, and you all sort of look toward the forest where your next destination lies um and you see that the crack the fisher is going to follow you there it is running in the same direction uh nil i think uh nil turns to to crimson uh and asks her um i was I was planning on heading back to the main city. I know it's a I know it's a long ways, but it's where it was my home for so long, and I want to go back to it. Is it is it still beautiful there? And Crimson, you can answer this however you want, mm-hmm. and you can also decide whether it's true or not. I think she she closes her eyes and says the sun hits the city every morning with a bright bright glow just like you remember and I think she uh, closes her fist and uh, if anyone's looking at her fist, you can see a, a light glow out of her hand as she's lying. Nil smiles and says, Thank you. I'm 
can't wait to see it again. And he heads off in the opposite direction. Eidolon Queen is produced by Audio Entropy. You can find us at audioentropy.com as well as patreon.com slash Playtest. You can follow us on Twitter at Eidolon Playtest. You can follow Lexi at Tabletop Gamera on Twitter or at Fox on Cohost. Fabby at Fabby underscore Garza on Twitter. Molly at Your Friend Molly on several sites. Maxi at Max Knightley on Tumblr. Zoe at Zoe with a Sword on Blue Sky, and myself at Stilts the GM on Twitter and at Stilts on Cohost. The next episode of Eidolon Queen will release on October 23rd for Patreon subscribers and October 30th for everyone else. Safe travels. <laughs>